Love reading books? Want to write a novel of your own? Then First We Write is just for you. So welcome back to First We Write. You rested? You're relaxed? Are you ready to go? So let's get back to it. You have the first draft of a manuscript, and that's a huge amount of work right there. Your book is a real concrete thing now. You've created a world out of your imagination. Congratulations! But now's the time to start polishing it, making it better and stronger so that your audience will love it. It's time for drafts and revisions. No one has the perfect number of drafts. I'll go through a book at least nine times, working out the kinks in a story and changing characters, integrating new ideas, updating dialogue, or adding those quirky little facts that I found while researching. My first draft rarely has chapters, too, so during my first revision, I'll look at the pacing of the story, and I'll set up where each chapter starts and ends. That's my process, anyway. One thing I will say, though, no matter how excited you are by your book, don't let anyone read your first draft. No, it is such a bad idea to do that. Your first draft is not a good representation of your story. It's just the bones, and you need to add the flesh and skin before anyone will recognize its beauty and charm. The first draft is for you, and you alone, to go back, read, and enjoy. Have a laugh at anything that sounds ridiculous, and fix the things you don't like. You'll see characters change and evolve. You'll find mistakes. And all of that is perfectly okay. Again, it's what the first draft is for. But when you start the revision process, you'll need to move from writing without judgment, like you did in the first draft, to writing with judgment in the second draft. Here's where you'll look critically at what you've written. Look at it as if you're a stranger. I refer to it as a state of fresh eyes. When you took the time to rest and recharge, you also gave yourself a buffer between the creative writing process and the revision process. That bit of time allowed you to develop a clear perspective, as if you're seeing the draft for the first time. You aren't swept up in the story. You're coming to it as if you're a new reader. Save the document of your first draft, and save a copy to rename as your second draft. And at that point, I like to put the date I've started the current draft at the top of the first page. This helps me keep track of how long I've been working on a particular draft. It also means I save every draft I make, not just working and revising a single file. It's helpful to be able to go back to your earlier drafts if you want to see how the book is evolving, and sometimes you get to your sixth or seventh draft and you realize you've taken a wrong turn. If you've been saving each draft as a separate document as you go, you can read an earlier version to see where you went off the rails. Always when you're reading and revising, especially the second draft, it's important to be constructive, not harsh. Don't put yourself down. After all, you had to write fast and efficiently to get that first manuscript done. Of course it's going to be rough. It might even be confusing, silly, or outright ridiculous in places. That's perfectly okay. When it comes to your second, third, even fourth drafts, give yourself permission to make big changes. Move passages around, change characters, add description where it will enrich the story. The key is do what needs to be done to make the story stronger. Let's quickly run through a few of the drafts I do when I write a novel. This is a guideline, you don't have to follow me to the letter, but I've found having these particular steps really helps. Basically, my edits break down like this. 
First draft is the bones of the story. The second draft is the biggest changes. Third draft is where I ask, does it make sense? Fourth draft, have I said it all the way I wanted to say it? Fifth draft is the question pass, and I'll talk about this one a little bit more in a minute. The sixth draft is where I implement the answers from the questions, and the seventh draft I read for comprehension. Eighth draft, read for grammar and spelling, and ninth draft, once more for good measure. The first draft, the one you've now finished, lays out the foundation of the story, and it may be full of great ideas, but it's really only the barest structure. Because I never look back when creating it, the beginning and the end probably don't match. There will be twists and turns, dead ends, and characters that don't serve the story any longer. There will be new and exciting ideas that pop up halfway through, but haven't been fully explained or explored. During the second draft, I'll fix these inconsistencies. I'll move pieces around and see if events fit better in a new order. Characters might change names, scenes might change order, everything is in flux. Once I even change the story's point of view, going from third person, Lizzie did this, Lizzie did that, to first person, I did this, I did that. That particular change took a long time to complete. Be patient and be bold. Weigh and measure the beats of your story and be honest with yourself. If something sounds awkward or doesn't feel right, is there a better way for you to include the information? Or is it even necessary to your story? Depending on how much you want to refine and alter, the second draft can take weeks to months to complete. However, with your first draft containing a beginning, a middle, and an end, you know you have a complete book to work with, rather than a never-ending parade of story fragments. Start at the beginning, read to the end, make any changes you need, then repeat again and again until you're happy. With the third edit, you'll take your newly arranged book and read it through for meaning. Does it make sense to you? Are you happy with the way the plot progresses? Have you set up your twists in a satisfactory way? If it needs more work, don't be shy. Implement any changes that the story demands. Then, during the fourth edit, read it through with the question, have I said it all the way I wanted to say it? It's during this edit that I'll read each sentence slowly, deliberately, and I'll take my time. I'll question how I've communicated my ideas. Is there anything that requires more description? Does the world contain enough details to transport the reader's imagination to a landscape of my design? Read each sentence carefully and purposefully, and think about the words you've used. Why is that sentence here? What's its function? Is this the best word to express what needs to be said? Now, at some point during this process, I'll discover that I like how the plot is set up, and I like how it's coming together. Once I know there won't be any more big changes, I'll do what I call the question pass. I print out a copy... And once more, I go through the whole thing with a red pen, writing questions that need answers and underlining passages that need to be double-checked. This takes me a couple of days, and at the end, I'll have a list of questions that demand a bit of research to answer correctly. For example, next to the sentence, Lizzie warmed herself by the stove in the kitchen, I wrote, what was a popular brand of iron stove in the 1890s? This assists me in a couple of ways. When I write historical fiction, it helps me fill out the world a little better. I can add a few details about the brand of stove or how it works or what it looks like. It might even guide my characters in how they act or react to their environment. So now the sentence would read, Lizzie crouched before the hot kitchen stove, constructed of solid, stalwart black iron, and traced her finger over the embossed name on the front plate. Taylor and Boggs, she read to herself, as the warmth seeped into her frozen hands. 
The question pass is a good way to add little details that make a world feel more real for a reader, but it also helps me cover my butt, too. I know I won't get everything right, but at least I feel like I tried. Then, once I'm happy with my story, I've checked my facts, and I've added or corrected those details. I move to the final edits, where I check the technical correctness of my writing. Here, I'll fine-tune my words, my grammar, my spelling, and my punctuation. This is less creative, more mechanical, and goes by much more quickly. A word of warning. As you're editing, don't trust spell check. It's great for finding words that are misspelled, but it won't pick out words that are spelled correctly, but in the wrong place. If you haven't already, grab a copy of Strunk and White's Elements of Style. This little book is tiny, but bursting with information on grammar and the workings of the English language. Keep it handy. Read it when you have a moment to spare. It won't take long, but you'll learn a lot about how to use words correctly. Now, this may seem like a lot to do, and I won't lie, it is. But like I said before, writing a novel is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you're in the habit of setting aside time each day to write, you'll find you can work on drafts in little chunks that quickly add up. Editing your manuscript is a lot like woodworking. In your first drafts, you make the big cuts and shapes, and with each revision, your changes grow progressively finer. Now, during the final draft, you're using sandpaper to smooth out those final little bumps. And once it's been sanded and smoothed into a form that you like... It's only after this point that I ask my friends and family to read it. And I don't give it to just any friend or family member either. I choose a small group of people that I trust will give me honest feedback, but who will forgive any of my stupid little trip-ups, and who are ideally part of my target audience. They're the people I feel most comfortable reading my steamy sex scenes and gruesome murder scenes, and who I hope won't judge me too harshly when I see them at family holidays. First We Write is a production of Fox and Bee Studio. Thanks to Sean Piggott for sound production and for sharing his music from his album West Coast Soul Sound Road Trip. We've been opening the podcast with Astoria, and today we're closing with the funky, smooth sounds of Portland. I'm Kim Bannerman, and you can find out more about what we do at foxandbeebooks.com. Thanks for listening.